0: It's December in central Alabama. We had a delightful day yesterday and I spent the whole day in shorts and a t-shirt.
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. And now, Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian,
2: And welcome to our
1: podcast
2: of December 6th, 2012. Yes, as I say, December 6th, I think back to yesterday when the high hit 75, 76?
0: No, 77.
2: 77. All right. Yes, like you, I was walking around in t shirts, uh, a t shirt and a pair of shorts. Uh, one of my friends and a former student of mine, Andrew Westover, came to visit. Shout out to Andrew. We're so glad you came. We had
0: just a delightful day. We had yeah, a great time with him. We
2: enjoyed him. walking around and showing him everything that we had planted and um, through the woods, you know, had a little um, woodland trail sort of hike. Um,
0: we walked even- over on the west side and yeah. had a chance to see the green field and walk down the ridge trail and by the creek side and. Just a, a very pleasant day. And both Andrew and the two of us kept saying, Oh, this is such wonderful weather. And it was.
2: Sure. I mean, you can't, it was, it seemed like fairly low humidity, 70 in the mid 70s most of the time. I'm thinking, what more could you ask for? It's perfect. It's paradise. The only problem is it's December the 5th.
0: It was. <laughs> we could ask for the weather to be what it ought to be in December.
2: And and what we're worried about, of course, is that, in fact, we don't have to just worry about it. You can look at fig trees that actually, we spotted a fig on one of the trees. Um, we've got buds and blooms and uh, greenery coming out all over on these plants that should be dormant right now. And what worries me, of course, is it will eventually freeze again, I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, we we will not get through this winter without a hard freeze. We know it's coming. Uh, it's not like we're going to spend the whole winter with warm weather. However, what we may get is a lot of budding on the fruit trees. And then that hard freeze will come. Yes. And we may get no fruit crop this year because Because, of it.
2: Yeah, because of that. Um, And of course, that would be bad. But the, the fact that we see this as possibly a trend is even worse.
0: Yeah. And down the road, what it means is that all of our fruit trees that require higher chilling hours are just not candidates for long-term existence they're not going to be able to continue bearing fruit um year after year and uh it's just going to require us to rethink orcharding in general we know i guess i'm skipping down lower in the outline here when Mm -hmm. i talk about this we know that blueberries and muscadines grow well in central alabama we know we can do well with them we're pretty sure we can do well with blackberries um not so sure about the apples and the pears.
2: Yeah. And and we may have to replace some of the higher chilling hour fruit trees with lower ones, lower chilling hour, just so we can make it work and have some I agree. fruit.
0: Fewer of the Southern Gold and more of the Ain' shimmer, I guess.
2: Yeah, or Granny Smith, or something like that. Something maybe.
0: like that. Yeah, uh, the Anna apples are great. Yeah, uh, they, they do well with low chilling hours, and we may end up with more of them.
2: We did have a little pear on one of the trees last week.
0: Yeah, the Moon Glow mm-hmm. um, did, had some pears on it. Uh, they, you know, by the time we we harvested them, they were kind of mealy, but. Um, That's still a good trend anyway. It's a good
2: trend to see because we do have two moon glows out there. So if we can get fruit off of those with the lack of a winter that we had last year and the low chilling hours, then that might be hopeful. So, you know, we're sounding sort of downcast at this point. Um, And we've had plenty of podcasts in the past in which we've discussed the evidence that we see for climate change happening. And the fact of the matter is whether you want to, you know, argue about how it got started or who caused it. Really, the issue now is what do we do about it? How do we address it?
0: Yeah. And one of the things that occurred to me as we were walking yesterday with Andrew, um, uh, particularly over on the west side, we've got so many of those beautiful American beech trees over on the west side. And I, I was, you know, I'm not asking that anybody else do this with me, but I found myself grieving for them. They look great now. I'm not saying they're showing any signs of stress, but everything we are hearing tells us that American beech trees are not long for this part of the country. They cannot take this kind of warm weather. If this continues, If right. it continues, and every indication is that it will continue. Um, so I guess the only thing we can do is enjoy the American beech trees. Every year we can enjoy them and just know that every year is a gift. Um, and just in case you're not familiar with American Beach, they are uh, they have a beautiful trunk. They have a beautiful pointed foliated leaf, and they turn the leaf turns gold in the winter. It's beautiful and stays on the tree yeah. through the winter. So as you look through the woods, you see the American beach, through the woods standing out from all other trees in the forest because they're the deciduous trees that still have their leaves they and the red oaks keep their leaves all all through the winter and the leaves will fall off when the new leaves push them off Um, and it's you know they're just a beautiful tree in the forest and we love seeing them as we walk through the winter uh, woods and if we lose them, we lose them. But yes. we, we want to make the most of them. We want to enjoy them while we can.
2: Right. Well, let's talk about a positive note or at least something that gives me some optimism. That's always when I plant something new out in the, Absolutely. In
0: the field. Absolutely, and, and this was a good week for planting. Yes,
2: because yesterday, or actually it was the day before yesterday, The weather, we had another 70 or so degree day, and it felt good out there. I got out there in my short sleeves and my shorts. And I planted um, the rest of what I had to plant really for fall. Um, and of course, as warm as it's been, I don't think it's going to be a problem that I was so late doing them. I planted some golden seal and which is an herb, and um, it's supposed to have some medicinal properties, which we can talk about later. It'll probably be a couple of years before I see any. And you
0: significant... planted those outside the raised beds. They are not didn't in the you?
2: raised beds, and here's the reason they have to they prefer a certain percentage of shade and 60 ish or something, you know, in in other words, it cannot be out in full sun. Um, And so I found a little spot underneath one of the oak trees near where the deer fence is. And um, as a matter of fact, when I was reading the instructions and there's, they can be planted. In fact, they should be planted under some sort of a, a, woodland canopy. And as you, as our listeners may or may not know, Our whole vegetable, veg hill, was formerly a woodland. (laughs) True. It was only three years ago it became a garden. So, you know, it's all all those, we still have some deciduous trees that are around the, um, surrounding the. the, um,
0: And we hope we'll stay there.
2: Yes, because the deer fence is attached to them. So, um, under the shade of, or semi-shade of one of those oak trees, and fortunately where i already had planted some plants earlier so the soil was nice and rich um i put the golden seal out there um and as i did i looked down the row and i saw that i had strawberries that came back from last year so or that never that never died actually so um
0: not in the shade but
2: they're not in the shade and but they're close by they're close by so um we'll see what happens on those the other things i planted were some egyptian walking onions
0: these Which, are perennial onions. perennial
2: onions that have a that are a top set onion, and then I planted some um, perennial leeks. Uh, and not to say you don't have to do anything to them. And I'm not into it at this point enough to know exactly what that is, but you know more about that later. Uh, the and as I was out there, I was able to look out and prepare for a report about the garden. And right now, I'm proud to say that all of the garlic is up. I mean, yeah, the
0: garlic is looking great. Yeah,
2: I've got some silver skin and I've got some Italian, and both the silver skin was a little slower to, to emerge, but it did. Uh, so it's it's looking great. And then um, I've got a little bit more um, response to the uh, the cover crop seed that yeah, I put out. Yeah, you're getting a real a cover bit more germination.
0: crop of, uh, a real smorgasbord of cover crops yeah, going out. Yeah,
2: there. and then I planted just the, the remaining beds that had soil in them. Um, if they don't, if we're not growing a plant or a specific target crop in there, I put cover crop on it. So now everything's covered all eight of the, um, 12, all 12 of those beds have cover crop. I mean, have something planted.
0: Four of those 12 are not now dripped. And that means I need to get busy and get some drip lines in there. Um, I don't know whether you can permit me to be this slow, but I would love to take the time to try to bury the drip line that's um, now serving. I think that would be okay. Nine yeah. through 16. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, you know, just make sure that the approach we're taking works.
2: I may have to just get out there and do some hosing down, watering all down, right. but, but that will work. Yeah. So So it was good to have all of that done. And um, I even planted oh we went out in the orchard and planted that lemon fig. Lemon fig from thanks Linda to, Griebel. Thanks Thank to Linda you, Griebel. Linda. And also she gave me a Mexican petunia and I put that in the ground as well. So we're planted out and feeling good about things. And um,
0: yesterday we harvested our first rutabaga.
2: That thing is huge. I mean it's not the largest one I've ever seen. You can go to the grocery store and see them that but it's a it's about it's five a softball inches
0: size. yeah, well, maybe a little larger. It's than about a five
2: inches in diameter, which I've read from three to five inches in diameter is actually the ideal size for a Rutabaga root if you want it to be tender. So it's it's out there now. Um, and of course the other thing, we didn't mention this, we tried we had some friends over for dinner on Sunday, and I went down and showed them' was showing them the garden. and we decided that the butter crunch lettuce looked really good. So I harvested enough of that lettuce. We had not even had any really because I I planted it kind of late and I covered it one night when it went down to about 27 degrees so that it wouldn't freeze. Uh but I think the cold must have helped because that night Sunday we all had a little salad made of that lettuce and it was it tasted wonderful. It, it wasn't was delicious, bitter, just wonderful. Before the frost um it did The leaves that I was able to, to taste then had a slight bitter taste, but this was really good. So um, I'm trying going to try to keep it going as long as I can out there. And
0: you did put the sheet one night, and then another night we had a light frost and didn't get around to That's true.
2: I didn't realize it was going to go down and that low.
0: They did just fine. So yeah. we know they can take a light frost anyway. Yeah.
2: And it could be that they're like collards and just a little frost kiss. And I know that's true of rutabagas, too, and, and, you know, a lot of root vegetables. If you can get a little cold going on them, they actually taste better. So so, so anyway, we're um, learning. that's our, um, our crop report as far as that. Now, we've got some plans for the future with our raised beds. Um, we do want to probably the next planting will be onions in January. But the big surge comes for spring veg that will go into summer. And we've made a little discovery about our... All season, a garden for all seasons kind of approach. And that is, yes, I want to plant in the early spring, get it in there as early as I can, and, get out of the boat. maybe earlier of the
0: than the guidebooks tell us to. Yes. Uh, well, the judging, guidebooks yeah. say that the uh, average last frost in our area is March 31. And we haven't had a frost anywhere near March 31 in at least two years, maybe three. And yes,
2: it could happen. And we have some frost blanket that I guess we would just deploy. I
0: guess. Should yeah. that
2: happen. But the other season is to plant squash and maybe some more, you know, some more lettuces and things. But after the heat of the summer, has passed.
0: And that's what's been vexing us as we tried to make a garden work. You get the, you know, we would plant typically a little later than we should because mm-hmm. family responsibilities intervene and so forth. But now we're thinking to make it a point to plant early, get your veg going, get a crop that's, you know, that matures in late May, June, and and then sort of be prepared for the summer doldrums the what we're calling the okra doldrums meaning everything but okra is in the
2: (laughs) (laughs) okra is the only one that likes the doldrums
0: (laughs) and so you know survive on okra during the that you know july early august period and then plan on a second crop of heat loving veg Mm -hmm. in the late fall and i'm pretty sure that had we done that this year We would still have fresh tomatoes today.
2: Well, we might have had fresh tomatoes if we hadn't had to plow up the orchard. But that's, I mean, plow up the vegetable garden. That's what I mean. We we
0: would have been able to put frost blanket out Mm -hmm. to protect the tomatoes from their light frost, which is what they Mm -hmm. got. And I think we probably could have, you know, held on. And if we had... Here we are, we're looking at at least another 10 days during which there will not be any frost.
2: Yeah. So if these kinds of winters or falls continue, then we can make adjustments. But the other thing I wanted to mention and, and may not have before is that I pulled a couple of little volunteer zucchinis off a plant a couple of weeks ago and cooked it and it was just great. And, it sh- and that, even though it got cold until we had a frost, until we had a freeze, that volunteer zucchini plant. And the reason it's out there is it grew in some compost, you know, that we had out in the yard. Um, that plant did not fade or die back until after we actually had a freeze. And when was that? It was late November. I mean, it's so right. we could have gone. I could have planted some squash in late summer and had a full crop before it got too
0: And with a little cold. judicious use of frost blanket, we mm-hmm. might have been able to nurse that zucchini right through that frost and still be enjoying zucchini now
2: and the the other point about the beauty of that is i didn't lose that plant to a squash bug or a squash vine borer because by the time of year that plant sprouted from the compost those bugs were those pests were Gone. gone yeah so um so i'm looking forward to trying that next year and we will give you a complete report about how our, how our approach works.
0: Now, let me switch gears one more time and talk a little bit about fruit. Um, as I said, we've got two crops, two fruits that really do well in central Alabama, uh, muscadines and blueberries. I'm now thinking that the next planting initiative we do in the orchard will probably be to bring on two or three more new lines of muscadines.
2: Might as well grow the ones that will grow well. Grow
0: what grows well. That's right. And, you know, that gets us poised and equipped to get volumes that are more suitable for things like wine and, Mm -hmm. you know, preserves, canning the fruit and so forth. So that's sort of where I'm tentatively headed with all of this. I'm not saying... I know we're going to do that because right now I think you and I both feel like we've taken on enough projects for right now.
2: But it wouldn't be a bad idea, and we've got—you know—we could plant it as late as March, probably January. I mean, I would say January, February, when things kind of calm down, we could plant those, and um, those muscadines.
0: But uh, I'm—I'm I'm not sure we want to do anything this year. I'm just thinking, you know. But for the future, yeah, for yeah. the future. Yeah. Speaking of which, uh, of projects that are a little more urgent. Uh, I guess the next big project for us is to f- get the final cleanup done on the porch of the lodge. Mm-hmm. We still have uh, what those windows stacked up and we've right. got some scrap lumber and we've got the lattice mm-hmm. and some metal that needs to yes. be moved.
2: Hopefully that's in the near future. Uh, a little bit uh, after that is landscaping. We've We've talked to somebody who hopefully is going to help us with the cleanup landscaping, I'm calling it. Um, That is, he's not going to be planting anything except maybe some ryegrass, but he'll be helping us develop our road and driveway a little bit more and our, um, you know, just stacks of debris here and there, getting that cleared up, helping us sculpt. Maybe he's a lawn sculptor. Maybe that's more what it is. Yeah. But um, after that, then we look at my landscape design, planting over the years and getting it the way we want to. Um, and then on and our rainwater harvesting, we still got to get that going.
0: Yeah, that's a, an even more down the road kind of project, but one that is fast coming up in our vision. Um, there are three branches of this uh, final initiative. Final meaning the, the last thing we've got on our build out, I guess you would say. We have uh, rainwater harvesting here on the barn, and we have rainwater harvesting sort of set up on the lodge. But can do it. You know, we could come in and divert those into t- into pipes so that they could be added to it. But we want to uh, at least explore the possibility of the down the lower storage tank for rainwater harvesting and an upper storage tank. potable water, then um, another set of pumps in the pond and filters in the pond for drip irrigation, solar thermal water heating for the barn, and photovoltaic panels on the barn.
2: And we actually have someone coming. We think Friday Friday afternoon to talk to us about
0: visiting. And if not Friday afternoon, then soon thereafter to talk to
2: us about the TV. So we may be getting something going on that too pretty soon. We'll have reports for you. Yeah. Well, we're out of time. Thank you for being with us this week. Have a good one, and we will see you next week.
1: You've been listening to Longleaf Freeze with Lee and Amanda Borden. You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780-446, Alabama, 36078. Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.